Hi, and welcome to the African American History Podcast, where we discuss and analyze the most important events in African American history and how they've affected the world today. I'm Grant Coleman, along with Zora Finyad, Kayla Carruthers, and Terrell Cobb. We're based in St. Louis, and it's currently December 2020. Today's topic is on slavery in the Constitution and its short and long-term effects. So when Thomas Jefferson was drafting the Declaration of Independence, he wanted to include a portion that openly protested the practice of slavery and its use and use it as a reason for the American colonies leaving British control. He made comments about slavery such as a cruel, world, a cruel war against human nature itself and a violation of the most sacred rights of life and liberty. This draft ultimately got scrapped by the Continental Congress because it was hypocritical and a stance they didn't want to make yet. When the Declaration of Independence was finally published in 1776, they used the language, all men are created equal, but to them that obviously wasn't true. 14 out of the 21 founding fathers owned slaves in some capacity, Jefferson included. I think what they meant by all men are created equal was, as American colonists, they had the same right to self-government as other nations. What do you guys think they meant when they said all women are created equal? Um, I think that the modern interpretation of this phrase is that all American citizens are equal, but even with that new interpretation, we'll learn today that during we'll learn today during the podcast that it is still not true for African Americans. For sure. Most of the founding fathers believed slavery was in a moral gray area because of private property rights and believed it was wrong for the federal government to intervene and mostly left decisions up to the states. The South's economy was and way of life also had slaves at the center, which made it hard to work around. They made apprehensive attempts to abolish slavery in the northern states, but neglected the growing numbers in the South and arguably caused more problems for African Americans than they solved, such as Jim Crow laws. One of the guarantees outlined in the Constitution was the right to education regardless of race, sex, or religion, but is this really the case in 2020? The evidence that the phrase all men are created equal is not applicable for all American citizens can be seen in our modern day society in many systems. A system that we can all relate to is the education system. Unequal treatment can start at a young age. In 2018, the U.S. Government Accountability Office reported that starting in preschool, children as young as three and four have been suspended and expelled from school, a pattern that can continue throughout a child's education. I find it really interesting that kids as young as three and four have been expelled or suspended because I don't really think that's reinforcing good behavior. I think when kids are that young, the most important thing for them is to learn through experiences and not being completely taken out of their environment. I found a study from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology that states in 2014 that people found, um, like they were found uh, black people and black children 10 years and older, significantly less innocent. And I feel like this has like the biggest impact on black school children and the reason and why they're dis- disproportionately disciplined. Um, I agree with both of you. And it was found that in K through 12 public schools, black students, boys and students with disabilities were disproportionately disciplined. And I have a few more statistics. While only 15.5% of public school students are black, about 39% of students suspended from school are black. In 2018, the U.S. Government Accountability Office reported that during high school, students in high poverty areas had less access to college prep courses, and those schools are also less likely to offer math and science courses that most public four-year colleges expect students to take in high school. And I decided to look, um, I decided to look into the education system because we are all students, so we can all put this information into perspective. It's saddening to read through all of these statistics about how unfair the education system is for African-Americans. And students are always told that if we do well in school, that we'll do well in life. But if you grow up in an impoverished neighborhood, the resources you need for success may not be available. 
Although many Americans act like racial disparities in our country systems, such as education, are long gone, there's a lot of evidence that those disparities still exist. In addition, we all know that racial disparities in education are not a new phenomenon. Schools were segregated until Brown versus Board of Education in 1954. This is just one current example of how all men are created equal is not true for African Americans. And like I previously mentioned, the neighborhood that you grew up in can affect your access to um, good educational resources. Today's oral will be sharing more information on how the housing system still discriminates against minorities. So I would like to talk about the housing projects in the United States. The Fair Housing Act, which was passed in April of 1968, was a Title VIII, as Title VIII as the, of the Civil Rights Act, was meant to eliminate overt discrimination and disparities in housing markets and ultimately end residential segregation. Specifically, it prohibited discrimination in the sale or rental of housing, the financing of housing, and the provision of brokerage services based on a person's inclusion in a protected class, including race, color, and national origin. Despite the economic and political gains that African Americans have achieved since the passage uh, of the Civil Rights Act, significant disparities still exist between African Americans and non-Hispanic whites in terms of access to home ownership, quality, quality education, and employment, among other assets. These disparities are reflected in persisting residential segregation and a racially segmented housing market, and they have significant implications for African Americans' economic mobility. Segregation, des uh, desperate desperate access to credit and home ownership, and the consistent devaluation of homes and Black neighborhoods combined to constrict the ability of African Americans to build equity and accumulate wealth through home ownership. So the reason that I really wanted to talk about the housing in the United States is because the government uses housing to make sure that people of color do not succeed in life. They give them low incomes, forcing them to live in poor housing conditions, which also makes them go to less successful schools. Unlike many white people who live in the suburbs and have access to private schooling, many people of color are not given the opportunity unless they make it out themselves. This relates to the topic of separate but equal, because back then whites will live in their own neighborhoods and go to separate schools and um, same thing for people of color. They would live in their separate neighborhoods and go to different schools. Although times have changed throughout the years, African Americans still face discrimination even with something as simple as buying a house. Um, I think that is interesting how a lot of these systems are connected to one another, like Zora and I, um, our subjects are intertwined. If you live in an impoverished neighborhood, you may not have access to certain resources. So I'm going to be talking about the prison system. So to begin, I found a report by the U.S. Sentencing Commission, and it was found that Black men got 19.1% longer sentences for the same federal crimes committed by a white man. In 2016, black men were incarcerated at a rate of five times more than white men. Also, it is a 75% more chance for a black person to get charged with a mandatory minimum sentence, while a white person may have the same crime and still have like a lesser sentence. Several studies published by the American Psychological Association stated that people are more likely to see black men as larger and more threatening than, white, than other white men. That study alone shows how the impact that media has on the public's perception of black men and how the perception, the perception may cause officers, judges, and juries to mischarge black men. It also furthers the idea that black men are very dangerous and deserve harsh treatment. 
With that being said, it's not hard to see how prejudice and racism go hand in hand when we are discussing the disproportionate amount of black people in the prison system. Another fact that I might add was that people don't consider that there are 191 white people and 42 million black people. So that means that there are 4.5 more white people than there are black people. So in 2017, there were 370 um, reports of white people getting killed by the cops. Now, if we divide 370 by 4.5, we get 82. And that's the number of black people that we should expect to get killed by the cops if everything was fair and equal. However, there were 235 black people killed which is three times higher than what it's supposed to be. I found an, another article that there are approximately 666 inmates per 100,000 people. And with that, there are 450 white inmates per 100,000 people, while there are 2,306 black inmates per 100,000 people. That means that black inmates make up 40% of the prison population. Yeah, there's some crazy statistics and just shows the disparities in America. And I see how our subjects come together because if you live in poverty, you're subject to police brutality, whereas education, food deserts, and being black in the school system isn't beneficial because of the school to prison pipeline, all of which, of course, is a result of the transatlantic slave trade and the founding fathers' neglect of a growing problem. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the African American History Podcast. And before we go, show some love for our podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts.